What does the word more mean to you? Does it mean more money? More power? Or how about more influence? In today's message, Pastor Landry shows us the importance of how to live more, love more, give more, and serve more as we discover how to be more. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, just before you take your seat, just let's pray. Let's pray. I just think we should just pray a little bit. Uh, just, just begin to thank God. Just thank God for, for this morning. Thank Him for this service. Give Him praise. Thank Him because He's God. It doesn't matter what is going on. Jesus is still Lord. He's Lord over us. He's Lord over this assembly. He's Lord over our situation. He's Lord over our circumstances. Father, we give you praise. We bless you. We glorify you. We honor you and we adore you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, this morning, we just come with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude. We give you praise. Because no matter what we see, no matter the circumstances around us, you still remain Lord and Lord indeed. Therefore, we are honored to be a part of your congregation this morning. We thank you. Father, this morning we declare that we are a watered garden this morning. And your word has free course here. Your spirit has free expression here. We give you praise and we adore you. We glorify you, O God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. It's so good to see everybody. You're welcome. Just take your seat. How is everybody doing today? Okay, you answered me better than last week. How is everybody doing today? All right, good, good, good. Are you expecting this morning? Yeah, because God is here. His spirit is here. And where God is and his spirit is, his presence is here with us. And I just want to tell you this morning uh, that I'm so delighted to see every one of you here this morning and those who are watching us online. Uh, we thank God for you. If this is your first time of worshiping with us, you're welcome. We also hope that this wouldn't be your last time. We hope there will be many more uh, visits and um, uh, you uh, ending up being a part of what we are doing here. Um, I just want to appreciate everyone. Thank you for coming. And um, for those who have supported us or who are supporting us, we just want to thank you again. We cannot thank you enough for all that God is doing through you here in this assembly. Um, uh, all right. So let's just dive into what we have today. We, uh, we are still on the series Be More. And we've done Be More 1, Be More 2, and today we'll be doing Be More 3. All right. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, it's, um, the, the whole thing was taken from uh, the book of Matthew 5, how uh, Jesus just wants us uh, to go over and beyond 
what the recommendations of the law are, right? Because we know from what Jesus said and how he has told us or what he taught in uh, this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus in himself uh, got to discover or he saw that uh, the law is limited, all right? The law is limited. The law uh, has limitations. And one of the great limitations of the law is that the law just demands or requires the barest minimum. The law does not require beyond the barest minimum. And we went through, you know, some of some examples that not just spiritual laws alone, but even, uh, even natural laws. They just require the barest minimum. But Jesus was saying there is more than the barest uh, minimum for us to uh, do. Because why? Um, there's God in us. And he lives in us. His kingdom is expansive. There's no limit and there's no end to his kingdom. And therefore, the resources to be able to do much more than the law requires of us is available for us. And that was why he came and he began to, I mean, uh, to, 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 pro, uh, to, 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 to prescribe this, you know, very radical at the time, radical ideas. You know, those ideas were groundbreaking. They were earth-shaking, uh, radical ideas that he came to give them. And uh, today, with the power of hindsight, it's easy for us to say, yeah, it makes sense now. But I want to tell you that those people who were listening to Jesus in those days, it made no sense. Why? Because they have been used to a particular system or a law that was given directly to them by God. They have managed this law for thousands of years. And they have managed it from generations to generations. So it has become a part of them. And it was all that they knew at the time. So anything contrary, no matter how good it was or how better it was than what they had, guess what? It was still not good enough than the mere minimum that they had. So, and that was why they fought Jesus. And they did not even take time to listen to what he was saying. They, you know, they, they, it was difficult for them to understand what he was saying, even though it made perfect sense. And if you sit down and you take, you know, you just, you just look at things, it's going to be apparent to you that it makes more sense. Say, for instance, some of the things that they think uh, that he thought and they said was radical. Uh, he said, you have heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? Because at that time, revenge was okay. Now, don't cause trouble, but if anybody brings trouble, make sure you finish the trouble with them, <laughs> all right? That, that, that was the rule at the time, right? It was the rule, right? Don't make sure the problem is not from you, but when, it, when you see the problem, if it comes to you, don't run away from the problem, all right? So an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but Jesus Christ came and gave a law that was much better than that. And in other words, to shorten or to abbreviate what that means, an eye for an eye, it just means do unto others as they have done unto you. Right? Now, I want to pay attention to that. Do unto others as they have done unto you. That was the rule at the time. But Jesus came and said, no, 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 no. That's just bare, that's just bare minimum. That was the least that you can do. But the better way or the more way is to do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And that was really offensive to them. They were offended. Why will you come and change the law? Now, all they need to do was just spend two minutes or three minutes and just think about it. And guess what? They will have figured out that, yeah, okay, this makes more sense than what we had. All right? But is that not the issue with us today a lot of times? 
we are under the law by proxy. Laws that have not been made or not been, uh, not been legislated, we fall under those laws. How? Because they have, there's a pattern that we have lived in our lives. There is a way that we have lived our lives. There are things that are normal to us, just like the law was normal to them. And those things have become laws in our heads and in our minds. And they begin to control us and live with us and guide us and, you know, uh, uh, determine the way we relate and we interact. All right? So, uh, uh, what I call this law by proxy, a lot of times is, you know, it's not just spiritual laws only. There are even things, you know, many of us, we are bound by the laws of our past. Our past have become laws to us. And sometimes for some of us, our habits have become laws to us. Nobody legislated them, but because we have lived them, it has been a part of our lives. It has been a part of our system. They have become comfort uh, 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 therapies for us. And even though if they don't make sense, they continue to become what guides and rules our lives. And God is telling us, you can do more. God is telling us, you can be more. There's more to you. There's more for you. And there's more available for you than you can do. So without uh, uh, much ado, I just really quickly want to tell you that we're going through the other last two uh, um, um, uh, factors or things that we talked about. You know, we talked about be more. Be more simply means what? We condense it into four things. I'll see if you... Uh, did your homework like I told you to do, okay? All right. All right. BMO, there are four things that we condense BMO to be. Number one is BMO means what? Oh my God. I'm just kidding. Live more. Love more. Give more and serve more. Those are the things that we, you know, we distill them into these four things, right? We said, we said BMO means based on what Jesus Christ was teaching us from our scripture, from the main scripture, Matthew 5, that be more can be condensed into what? Live more, love more, give more, and serve more. And so last week we did what? We did live more and love more. All right, today we are going to try and complete the, uh, the, the remaining two, which is uh, give more and serve more. All right, so as we begin to uh, uh, look at the things that Jesus said, can you open with me? So Matthew 5 from verse 41. Whosoever shall compel you to go a mile, go to with him. Give to him that ask you, and from him that will borrow, turn not away. Look at that. Whosoever shall compel you, to go a mile, go through with him. Give to him that asks you. All right? And from him that would borrow, turn not away. In other words, what is he just trying to tell us here? From, let's take it from uh, the, the, the give more. All right? Um, what's Jesus Christ trying to tell us here? The main thing that Jesus Christ is trying to tell us is that if you are going to live the more life, if you are going to be more, especially in the area of giving more, you have to be detached or you have to be unattached from the things that you have. That's what he was saying here. That's the main idea here. You have to be detached. 
The reason why we are not living more or why we cannot give more, the reason why we cannot be more, especially in the area of giving, is because we are too attached to things. We are too attached to possessions. Now, before I go, let me just put a caveat. I'm not telling you to go and bring all the money that you have in the bank and everything and just, you know, give it. That's not what I'm saying. But if God says to you to do that, that's fine. You know? All right? <laughs> if God tells you that, that's fine. But that's not what I'm telling you. I'm just telling you that the reason why we cannot be more in the area of giving, because giving is life. All right? Why is it life? Why does it bring life? Because we know that for God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. And what did he give? He gave life for life. Remember last week we talked about sacrifice, right? That there's nothing you can do in the area of being more without sacrifice. And what would we describe sacrifice as? We describe sacrifice as giving something that is of worth for the advantage of getting something that is going to be more, all right? You are giving something that is of value, all right, with the hope or sometimes with the assurance that you are going to get something of greater value, all right? So Jesus gave his life to be able to get more life, right? And he got more life in all, you know, that, in all of us that are present here and many more around the world. And, but what I'm saying is that when you want to give more, you have to be detached from possessions, The reason why we are so much uh, are living below the standard when it comes to the ability that God has given us to give is that we are attached to possession. I don't have enough. I don't have, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not, and, and sometimes, like somebody, I was listening to one guy, and he was telling me that if you live in the United States, and you earn an income in the United States, you are in the top 1% of the population of the world in terms of wealth. Think about it. If you live in the United States and you work in the United States, now we know there's some level of poverty in the United States, right? There's some people that are living below poverty. And they said, but here's the truth. What we call poverty here is what is abundance in a lot of places all over the world. So even if you are living below poverty here, you are still in the, think about that. You are still living in the top 1% of the population of the world in terms of wealth. If you live in the United States, I want, it, I want that to sink in. I want you to think about it. Because a lot of times, what we are battling or what we are dealing with is not a lack of things that we should give. It's just that we are attached sometimes. And I'm not discountenancing the fact that some of us are really living below the poverty line. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not taking that away. And I'm not saying that is not true. All right? But I'm saying that if we get to a point where we can be detached and make God our priority, there's always something to give. Always something to give. Always something to give. Remember the story of the prodigal son? We, we used, I'm sorry, the good Samaritan, right? And that's what we have been using. We have used it for all the three Sundays now. That the good Samaritan is a poster child for this more life. All right? If you look at everything that we're talking, live more, give more. Live more, love more, give more, and serve more. All is encompassed in the story of the Good Samaritan. All right? Now, the guy actually dealt with his enemy. The things that the enemy, you know, if you, if you, if a little bit of history, 
Let's go to, back to a little bit of history. The Jews and the Samaritans were polar opposite. They did not relate with themselves. They did not interact with themselves. The Jews saw the Samaritans as contaminants. So they had nothing to do with them. The woman that Jesus met at the well was surprised that Jesus was coming to her in the first place. Why? Because he said the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. Because the Jews always thought that the Samaritans were what? Contaminants. If I move near them, they will contaminate me. They will defile me. And the Samaritans looked at the Jews as their oppressors. Two polar opposite people. There was nothing that brought them together. But here you have this Jewish guy who is under oppression. And here is somebody who is being oppressed, came in and saw a symbol of his oppression. And yet, he lived more, he loved more, he gave more, and he served more. Is it that he has enough? The Bible did not tell us that story. But all that we know is that he never made a plan. His plans, when he left home, did not include the Jewish guy that was beaten down. That was not his plan. He never had a plan. He had other plans. He had other arrangements. But guess what? This gentleman was not attached to his schedule. He was not attached to his time. He was not attached to the business opportunities that he was losing. He saw a human being. He saw another human being that he needed to give more to. And guess what? The human being came before every other thing. In other words, what I'm saying here is that when it comes to people, when it comes to advancing the cause of other people, we need to be able to detach ourselves from our possessions and make sure that those things, those needs are met. And the reason why we cannot do that is that we are too attached. And, 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 and why attachment is difficult is that attachment is a natural thing. You know, if you attach to anything, it's not a problem. It's, it's, it's not because of sin. It's just a natural thing. It's just a natural phenomenon. In fact, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a psychological theory that's, you know, that's, that talks about attachment, why we attach to things. You know, it explains why, uh, you see, a child, as, you know, when, when you have a child, they are more attached to their mothers than they are to their fathers. And that's where they learn attachment, right? We learn attachment from there, and then we begin to grow from that point. And sometimes, because of that, we, because of that, human beings, as we grow, we begin to, we, I mean, we don't know how to replace those attachments with other things because now we're supposed to be responsible. We're supposed to be grown. We're supposed to be adults. And guess what? We replace those initial infant childhood attachments with some other things. And because we replace those infant attachments to other things, you know, we begin, and those attachments begin to control the way we think, the way we, uh, the way we relate, the way we do things. And that's why sometimes for many of us, because of the comfort that we get from having enough or just looking and looking at our possessions and seeing that we have them, they are ours, they are mine, it is mine. It gives you a level of comfort that is difficult for you to break from. And that's why it is difficult for you to be able to release yourself and release the things that God has given you. Because if you are going to release yourself, the evidence that you are releasing yourself is, the evidence, is, is, is based on the fact that you are releasing your possessions. I want that to sink in. You want to serve God. You want to serve others. You want to do this, right? But you cannot give off of your possessions. You are joking. Giving and serving cannot be done from a distance. 
there has to be proximity. There has to be closeness. There has to be contact. What am I saying this morning? I'm saying that the reason why we are not living more, I'm sorry, why we're not giving more, or we are unable to give more, is primarily not because we don't have enough, but because we are too attached to the things that we have. And Jesus Christ was telling them, in fact, in one place, he told them, he said, if they ask you for your coat, give them your tonic. Right? If they ask you for one thing, give them another thing. Give them something extra. Why? Jesus just wanted them to break the hold of possessions over them. He just wanted them to do that. He just wanted, because that is where life really flows. That is where life oozes from. All right? Attachment to possession just limits the amount of things that you can do because they are all blinders. They become blinders. They become things that are not allowing you to expose yourself to the fullness and the reality of all that God can do in your life, especially with your giving. Like I said again, I just want you to, I just want you to know, and I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this, that the poorest person or the people who live below the level of poverty in the United States are still in the top 1% of the rich populations in the world. Think about that. I want to think about it again. I want to think about it. And that tells you that a lot of times, it's not because we don't have, it's just because we are attached. We're attached. We're attached. So the Good Samaritan, did not plan to, his plans did not include the Jewish guy who was attacked on the road. But he still have to give. The Bible says he took some money from himself, gave it to the innkeeper, and told him, hey, I will what? When I come back, I, take this. Take care of this guy. When I come back, I will balance you up, no matter what the cost is. In other words, as he was going, he has, no matter what the deal he was going to do there, no matter whatever happens, he has already planned that, guess what? This guy is now a part of my plan now. Wow. Yeah. That's, good. Yeah. That's good. When it comes to my finance, this guy is now part of my, 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 my plans. And I just wonder how many times we live outside our plans when it comes to giving. How many other people have we included in our plans? How many other suffering people have we included in our plans to be able to, to say, okay, look, you are not part of the reason why I'm working and I'm not earning a salary because of you. However, because God has blessed me or I have something to spare, I'm including you in my plans. The good Samaritan it's more than just the story of, it's, just, it's more than just the story of, um, you know, uh, kindness and all of that. It's, it's, it's just a whole gamut of what the kingdom of God should look like. It's an allegory of how we should conduct ourselves in a selfless situation. All right? In, you know, we should be selfless in the way we do things. And that is why that story, you know, imagine it. Let me go back here. Imagine, imagine that story. That story is a very short story. But it's one of the most enduring stories in the Bible. Made reference to many times over. Do you know why? Because it encapsulates what 
our lives should be like. In the way we relate with people, we relate with ourselves, we relate with others, we relate with things, we relate with God. It's just a whole gamut of things. Before I spend my time on that, let's go to serve more. Let's go to serve more. All right. So we've talked about live more, love more, and give more. And now we want to talk about serve more. And this is really important. Very important. Look at what Jesus said. We'll go back to verse 41 that I read. And whosoever shall compel thee to go one mile, go with him too. Go with him too. Now, a quick background of this. I'll just repeat the background I gave you on, on, on you know, last Sunday. And the background is simply this. That the Israelites or the Jews at the time when this was written, at the time when Jesus Christ was living, they were living under uh, uh, the jackboot of the, of the Romans. Right? The Romans were very oppressive. The Romans, you know, oppressed them and did whatever they can. And like I told you last week, the Romans, the way they conducted their own warfare and all of that, or the way they conducted their dominance or their, their, their military conquest, it's not that they come there and pillage the whole city or the whole country or the whole nation and go back. No. They come there, they pillage them, and they dominate them and sit there. And they create their own new laws, their new uh, 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 rules and regulations, and these guys have to live under the rule of, uh, of the law, and then rule under the Roman rules and all of that, and live under the Roman rules, all right? And that was not a pleasant thing for them. And, uh, you know, over and above that also was the fact that the Roman soldiers, the average Roman soldier at the time was so powerful, all right? They, and they knew, they knew no law, they were under no law, because even the Roman Empire depended on their soldiers. All right? The soldiers in the Roman Empire in those days were so important that they were, they, I mean, they, they, they got them salaries, even though the whole other part of the society were living, you know, were, you know, were uh, uh, living peasants, right? They, they live day to day, they live from hand to mouth, and they never had much. But they go and tax them just to be able to finance this war. And the people, or the, the, the portion of the war that takes the money most was the soldiers. And so in those days, you find people who just go to war because they want to survive. They, you know, they needed anything. And apart from that, wherever they go or wherever they are, they are, um, they, they, they are directed to or wherever they, the service is required of them, they go there and they are so powerful and they become very oppressive. And that's one of the kind of situations that Jesus was addressing here. When he says, when they force you to go one mile, go with them too. Because the Roman Empire, and the, I mean, the Roman soldier will come and make you do what you don't want to do. And one of those situations was just Jesus was describing. He said, if they force you to go one mile, go with them too. What is Jesus Christ trying to tell us? What is the allegory that we can draw from this? What is the example we can draw from this? The example we can draw from this is that when it comes to service, when it comes to being more in the area of service, God is calling us to move and go beyond the call of duty. You are called to do one, add two to it. They force you to give them one, 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 one coat, add a tunic to it. Jesus is calling us to move over and above the call of duty. And for a lot of us, we just want to do the bare minimum. We just want to do what is required of us. And if we can just do what is required of us, we feel satisfied. 
But I want to tell you that God wants us to do more than what is required because that is living uh, the more life. I was listening to somebody, um, I can't remember when now, um, I can't remember what day I was listening to somebody and he was talking about service and, and he, he, he defined service as this. Um, he said, service is a race to the back. You are racing to the back, all right? And I know there was one popular video that was going around at one time and um, there was this young guy, they were in a race and you know, they were in a relay race. All right, and as they went in the relay race, this young, this young kid was going, and his team, his relay team, was right in front. They were, they, they were right ahead. All right, and so when they handed him the baton, instead of the guy to go this way, he went the opposite way. <laughs> and guess what? He was running with full speed. He was going with full speed, and he was going in the, right, in the wrong direction, in the opposite direction. And people were yelling, no, it's this way, no, it's this way, no, it's this way. And the guy just kept going. He just kept running. But when I heard this definition, there was something to it. Service is a race to the back. In other words, we are going, we want to go as much as we can to be able to bring others to where we want them to be. Service is a race to the back, all right? And where service is, one of the main instruments of service is that we have to understand that even though I am somebody, even though I am something, because God has made me somebody, and God has made me something, but I still have to count others over and above myself. And you know what Jesus Christ said in the book of Matthew concerning that? He said, whatsoever you do to the least of my brethren. That's what I'm saying. It is a race to the back. He said, whatsoever you do to the least. It's not talking about whatsoever you do to those who are, you know, at the top. It's talking about whatsoever you do to the least of my brethren. That you have done unto me. Because if we don't take these things serious and we don't take these things right, it's going to be difficult for us to be able to uh, uh, live up to that uh, uh, ideal that God wants us to live. You see, like I told you, Jesus Christ came with some very radical ideas. You know, all the guys, his disciples were struggling. Who, can, who will be the leader? Who's going, to be, who's going to be on top? Am I going to be the one who's going to be on top? Put me on top. Use the authority to make me, to make me the leaders of, of this new move that you're coming. You know, we like new move. We talk about new move, new things and all of that. He said, give me the authority. You have the authority, John and his brother. You have the authority to make us there. And they were like massaging his ego to, 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 to just, you know, proclaim them as leaders of this new group. Because they saw potential in that. They saw how 5,000 people have followed him. And 3,000 people have followed him. And this guy has told us that he's not going to stay. So I better use some common sense here. <laughs> and find my way to the front. So that I can be a leader. And if he declares that I'm the leader, who can, who, who can argue against it? This is the man that has authority over winds and waves and waters and seas and all of that. He speaks to the blind. He does anything. And nobody can challenge him. All right? Nobody can challenge his authority. Because everybody knows that this man is a man from God. And he's supposed to be the savior. 
and rightfully or wrongfully, they have believed that he's bringing the new kingdom, and their idea of the new kingdom is that he was going to vanquish the Roman Empire and become king and assign people who are going to be authority over, over the whole place. That was their whole idea. That was the whole mindset. And so they were trying to manipulate their ways by massaging his ego. And Jesus would bring them to that place. But guess what Jesus told them? In this kingdom, in this new life, if you are going to be on top, you have to go under. If you are going to be on top, that is the only way up. The only way up is not to count yourself. You see, Paul, you, you know, I love the life of Paul. Paul said, not that I count myself to have attained. He said, I have every reason to boast. In other words, when it comes to, you know, righteousness by the law, I'm blameless. I'm a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee. And those things were not bad. Those things were things that were complemented by society. Those things put him in a status that only very few people could attain in the society. So they were not bad things. But Paul came and said, he said what? He said, even though I have the right to that, I count all those things as dunk for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. What is he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us that a lot of times, some of the things that we count as important is reversed in the kingdom of God. God elevates service more than, you know, you want to be served. So what I'm saying today and what I'm saying to you is that are you going to follow the principles of this kingdom and serve more? Or you're just going to do what is required of you. I'm required to love Pastor IBK the way I love myself. And then when Pastor IBK does something that is not right for me, then I, I get on his case. I'm required to come to church. And that's all I would do. Can I go over and beyond what is required? I am required to be a good father. Yes. Unfortunately, many of us, you know, we just think, you know, being parents is just, you know, you know, just give back to your children and, 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 and just, you know, just be. No, but the Bible wants us to go over and beyond. All right? To serve our families to serve our community, to serve our church, to serve other people, and to advance his kingdom through service. There are so many things that we will not understand about God that's going to come through service. There are so many things we don't understand about God that we desire to understand about God that it's not going to happen until we give more. There are so many things that we are not going to be able to reach not because God is going to deprive us, but because the things we have been attached to are holding us back. There are so many things that God wants to do in our lives that we are the hindrances to those things that God wants to do, not because God has not made available the means and the resources, but it's just that we are not, being, we are not tapping into them because we are holding on to too many things and we just want to be at the top of the, you know, want to be at the top of the, uh, 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 of the order. 
But the way up is down. 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 If you are going to be considered to be one that is much more valuable in terms of your contributions to the things of God, you have to go down and then we go up. We have to give premium to service. We have to give premium to service. And um, I, I just, this morning, I, 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 before I end, you know, there, there's so much to this, but, you know, because of, you know, the uh, um, uh, shortage of time, I, I want to do some other things, all right? And this morning, we have talked about these things. We have talked about being more. We have talked about uh, being more and saying, you know, you, you live more, love more, serve more, and give more. We have talked so much about that. And this morning, I want us to pray. And just, you know, consider all these things that we have done. All the things that we have said. And all the things that God has brought to us. And for the next few minutes, if you think you need, you know, any form of praying, that you just want me to pray with you and just support you, you want us to pray and just support you in any area you are struggling with. If you are struggling in any area, especially last week when we talked about, you know, uh, uh, you know love, the, the barest minimum, and today when we talk about attachments, if you're struggling in any area and you want us to pray, uh, if, you're, if you're courageous enough, just come out here. We'll pray with you. And if not, just see me after the service. But I'll be waiting here in the next few minutes. I just want to pray with you. I want to touch you if you're struggling in any area, any area uh, of these, and you want to be more. You want to, uh, to you, you, you want to, you just want to be more than what you are experiencing now because there's more life. There's more love. There's more giving. There's more service that we can do than what we are doing now. Anybody? Before I take my seat. Okay. Go in. Go. Amen. 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 Praise God.
just I just want to do one more thing in closing, in closing, and then you you just sing that for me after this. In closing, in wrapping this up, I I will I will I will do wrong if I don't do this. All right, and it's just that I want to take the opportunity to thank certain people that are here for all that you do. We have pulled you, we have tested you, we have drawn you, and yet you still keep giving and giving and giving and giving. I just want to appreciate you this, this, uh, this morning. And I want to tell you, you know yourselves, there are some of you that we drag every Thursday, some of you every Wednesday. We drag you every Wednesday night, every Thursday night, and you spend hours with us. And sometimes those meetings are not even, you know, they are not very pleasant. They are very tough, where we have tough conversations there. Because of certain things, I just want to use this opportunity to just appreciate you and tell you that all your efforts are not going to be in vain because you have given more and the God of more will not be far from you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So we may not be doing this every time, but I just want you to know that even if we as human beings are not giving you enough compliments like we ought to, but I want to tell you that God is satisfied with your service. In the name of Jesus. And finally, if you want to serve more, there we have a lot of opportunities for service here. See me after the service and we'll get you fixed up. Yes. God bless you.